I'll sleep when I'm C of stars. <laughs> Today on the old standby. Tried true. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another phenomenal episode of Press B to Cancel. I am your host for this evening and this wonderful episode, Chard Monk. With me, as always, is my two best friends. Yes. Well, at least the two that are here right now. Uh, Wolf, how are you doing, sir? Welcome welcome home. I'm good. I'm happy to talk about this tonight. Same. Same. Jake, my brother from Southeast. I'm above you, yeah, well, I'm still Are you? I'm still a little more Canadian than you. Um, I'm all the way up you, there. He says. <laughs> I am above you. <laughs> <laughs> that sounded very tyrannical, and that's not my intentions. But uh, you know, no, tyrannical, not you. <laughs> Me, no. <laughs> that's Jake's job. Jake, how are you? How are you, boss? <laughs> I'm, how you doing? I am full of nothing but love this Friday. I've been away for a few weeks, and I am looking forward to talking about. One of your favorite games this year. <laughs> it is. It is. This game is damn near close to being a game of the year for me. Um, I don't know if anybody else agrees with me on that statement, but it's it's holding its own pretty damn well. Um, tonight, we're going to talk about a new, uh, a new release that I've been waiting for for probably at least three or four years uh, that just came out at the beginning of this month called Sea of Stars. Now, Sea of Stars was created by, yeah, it was created by Sabotage. Who, if you don't know who that is, are the people that created The Messenger, which is a great Ninja Gaiden-esque type retro-inspired side-scroller game. But this is not that way. No, this game is actually taken from the, the fucking an annals of my own heart. An RPG is an RPG that is a love letter to about 90% of the RPGs that I grew up loving and playing off the Super Nintendo most notable name drops you will hear while playing this game is Chrono Trigger and Super Mario RPG, which is Jake's favorite RPG of all time, as well as Cinestars. Damn fine four bars, Chard. You want to talk about Super Mario RPG? That's a good one. I like that one. Well, there's going to be Everybody a lot loves of... loves uh, Gino. Gino? Oh, geez, you can't even say that with a straight face. Wow. I saw <laughs> you sour up as soon as that O left your mouth. Um, <laughs> now, there's a lot True. of... Um, there's a lot of correlations between those retro-inspired games in the background. The attack method, the design. There's, there's actually, there's, and, and Wolf, I'm sure, has seen it. Wolf is the only one in the podcast who has finished the game. Um, we're at three different levels of playing the game right now. Wolf has finished yeah. it. He's completed it. I, I think he did everything. Everything. All yeah. the secrets, all the he goodies. Did the whole night. I just haven't touched New Game Plus, and I haven't hit the level cap. I am right at the middle. I just got to like one of the bigger pivotal points today on stream, as a matter of fact. And Jake, well, Jake just decided to take the cellophane off and put it into his computer for a switch. <laughs> Look, Sorry, man, I'm, a switch. I've played enough to be considered infinitely qualified to discuss Sea of Tars, Stars. Stars. Wow. I don't even way. know what it is. I have not called it Sea of Thieves like you have the last couple That's of weeks. That's true. So give me that at least. <laughs> that is true. But no, it's I, one letter back. It's a letter back. It's, it's SOS, good. not SOT. Right. Four or five hours, I think I've done for this game so far. I think about four or five hours. I'm on the second island, and I, I we'll talk about it, but I just can't do it. 
Wow. I am at 20, what did I say? 24, 25 and a half hours. In this? Yeah, yeah. You said, yeah, you said like 25 hours, give or take. Yeah. So right smack dab in the middle of this 50-hour gym. And then, of course. Yeah, uh, we'll, I it, actually, we'll my file is at 50 hours and like 20 minutes. Look at that. Literally <laughs> right in the middle. Like literally sit right in the middle. And that's 100% complete, though, right? At 50 hours? Yeah, that's yeah. doing yeah. everything there is to do. Um, in a complete first playthrough. I didn't touch New yep. Game Plus, like I said, but I did all the extras and secrets that you can do your first time through. Which is, I, I want to say everything, I just haven't hit level cap. Okay. So let's 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 break this bad boy down. Let's let's talk about the retro-inspiredness of, of the game. Obviously, it is done by Sabotage. It was known for their pixel art uh, artwork and their what appears to be now playing... I haven't played a ton of The Messenger... I know the messenger. I've watched it a ton. I know what it's about. And I know that we'll probably cover this later. There's some correlation between both these games that you wouldn't think about unless you were playing it. And it's actually kind of cool. But let's talk about yeah. the artwork style. The artwork style is that of, you know, 16-bit pixelated type look. But it's still smooth. It's clean. It looks, everything is bright and colorful. The enemies are 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 different and, and neat looking. And the boss battles at the end of like each section of the game, those that might be my favorite part of the game is is, is seeing how they designed, how they look, how the artwork looks on the on the creatures that they've created. Wolf, what say you, sir? How, how do you, what is your what is your standout on this? Well, when I first started playing this, I didn't touch the demo. So literally, aside from some early test art that Sabotage had shown off on Reddit and Twitter. I had not seen much of this game until I finally played it. Immediately, you know, you get the the initial obvious Chrono Trigger vibes based on just the basic gameplay and everything. But I also was, it was very reminiscent to me of like Lunar and Suikoden as mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Just in the, the format of storytelling, the characters, and in defense of my you know, my correlation to Lunar, there's a lot of the traveling from island to island. Garl reminded me a lot of Ramus at the beginning of Lunar, just oh, yeah, yeah, know, yeah, way nicer. Yeah, and yeah. Greedy. okay, but there's, there's some think similarity that. there. That's I, okay. But he was immediately like, oh, he's he's Ramus, but cool, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I see your I see your face, Jake. You put that away. Garl is what? my favorite character in this game, okay? Mm -hmm. By a long shot. And I'm pretty sure that's by design. I don't want to delve deep into, you know, why that may be. But he sort of outshines even the main two characters, Valer and Zale. It really feels like Garl's adventure that Zale and Valer are the muscle for to me, right? Like that's kind of yeah. how the game feels a lot of the time. Yeah, because the two, those two characters are boring as shit. That's that's one of the reasons why I don't like the game. The the first two characters are boring. Garl Garl is great. I love him. He's fun. His the eye missing the eye. His origin in the beginning was really cool. I always feel bad for him because he doesn't have powers like the other two do. <laughs> but he's got personality. I like him a lot. It's just it's the other two are just boring. Garl gets some major redemption in the game as far as like where the power really lies in the party. Mm -hmm. And it's really cool to see that unfold throughout the game. Yep. And like I said, I don't want to spoil anything major, so I'm just going to leave that there. But 
Yeah, Garl. It's not the power of friendship, is it? Because if it's the power of friendship, I can be pissed off. Is, is, it, is that what it is? Is, but what does is it the power matter? of heart and we can friendship? Say it's the I'm... power of tacos, and you'd be like, ah, fucking tacos are terrible. Garl's heart is the driving force behind this game. It's not Zale's sun power. It's not Valer's moon power. It's true. It's, it's, it really is Garl's heart. And, I mean, that sounds super cheesy, I know. And that's fair. Yeah. But as you progress through the game, the stakes, like, they start off telling you the stakes are big, right? But they don't feel yeah. big. They, they don't. Off the bat, they don't. Yeah, you you're feel like, like you're just okay, taking care of a problem. we're going to this other island. It yeah. feels small. You're taking care right. of a problem, right? You're, right? It's janitorial services is how it kind of comes across given what, you, what you're told about the Solstice Warriors and what they've mm -hmm. done within the past and how long it's been going on and all that. It right. feels very custodial. But mm -hmm. the further into the game you get, it just keeps ramping and ramping and ramping. And yep. it does, at a, after a certain point, it starts to feel like these characters, this party, cannot overcome what they're up against. Which, interestingly enough, the archivist, in the opening moments of the game, says they don't. Yeah. They <laughs> the archivist the game outright says they don't overcome these challenges. There's, there's a couple of times, a couple of realities where they might. Let's start with this one. They seem like they might. And he opens one of his books. And that's how the game starts is like, mm -hmm. maybe this reality gets it right. Right. Or this reality has the best chances of getting it right or something like that. Right. Right. So that's another thing, too, is that's another connection right there to it feels very Chrono Trigger, Chrono Cross in terms of the story they're trying to convey. And as yeah, I was telling no, my buddy, I... this is this is a better spiritual successor, a better successor to Chrono Trigger than Chrono Cross was. Absolutely. And the likenesses to Chrono Cross are kind of absurd. It's an archipelago. It does deal with time travel and alternate realities in varying degrees, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's it's Chrono Cross, but good. <laughs> well, okay. Exactly. I yeah. like Chrono Cross, though. That's Thank your problem. You very much. I, that's, that's another problem. episode. Okay. That's your first I liked problem. Chrono Cross, so that should tell you right there how much I like Steve Stars. Yeah, I do not like Chrono Cross. So. I didn't love <laughs> really? Chrono Cross, but I liked Chrono Cross. Chrono Cross was a bastardized version. If they took Chrono out of the name and just called it Dimension Cross, then I'd be like, oh, okay, cool. That's fine. But I was expecting something completely different and did not get what I was anticipating. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to think that's on a tangent, but we should do an episode on Chrono Cross. I'm not saying it's like a top 10 RPG or anything, but it's it's a, it's a good one. It yeah, just, it's just—I'd be right. It does not hold a candle to the original is. material of Chrono Trigger. So I, I want to come on the graphics because the graphics is one of the few things I do like about this game. I love the sprite work. I also like how it's—it's it's a homage to the 2D pixel artwork of 16-bit era, but it has the modern lighting thrown on top of it with the shadows. Mm -hmm. I love how when you control mm -hmm. time to make the day-night cycle happen real time, it it affects the sprite work. That's really awesome. That looks yeah. really cool. The animation, although it's not fluid like high frame rate it still looks really good and it kind of fits obviously we didn't have that kind of yeah we didn't have that animation style on the stess era but it feels close enough to that style and it, it works really well it's like fat. sabotage studios yeah i mean what they did with the messenger as a, as a you know taking the best parts of ninja gaiden and, and modernizing it but still keeping that style they do the same thing here with chrono trigger and and uh cs stars it's looks really great 
retro modernization is is kind of like the term that we look at when we see these kinds of artwork. I mean, it is it, it reminds you of, of days your of your, but still keeps you seated in in the now. So it it it's smooth, it's clean, you know, but it still brings you back. It takes you back to booting up, you know, popping the arc uh, the cartridge in, flipping the button up on your on your SNES and hearing the music kick on and keep going. I, I love I love the artwork in this game. It is so cool. Yeah. I like big, big bosses. I like big sprite bosses that take up half the screen that you have to fight because it looks intimidating. It makes you feel like, oh, can I overcome this challenge? And every boss that I have fought up to this point has looked just like that, where I'm like, oh, what's this guy gonna draw up? Like we just we just ran into one of the one of the dwellers and it is they are cool. Like the way they have created yeah, them the- and designed them, they are so cool and creepy and you know mentally dominating and like i can i take these things on can i actually fight this thing so it's it's a, the scale of everything just kind of fits perfectly with how how grandiose i feel like the game should be like it's yeah everything else is pretty standard grandiose but the like the layers in when you're when you're on the second island and it's the you know it's up above the sky and you're going down to try and get to the ocean floor and you can see the layers behind the island like the distancing the perspective looks awesome it looks so yeah. cool i played the demo when it when it was released and i just kept watching videos of it and the first video you see is one of the it's it's Zoltol, i believe the the ball catching statue catching your characters and putting them down on the ground and I was like, that's just a transportation thing. Like, what is yeah. everything else going to look like? Yeah. That, that whole cool sequence is amazing. Yeah. yeah. So the the artwork behind this game, I mean, it, I, I can't imagine anybody not appreciating uh, what has come out of this. Secondly, well, I mean, unless anybody else has something about the artwork they want to continue, I, I'd say we're going to drop into the music. Uh, next um, up just this. to say like the character designs of the monsters feels a lot like grown trigger like there's that there's a hint of humor in a lot of them was it what's the what name of the one boulder douche is the yeah. is yeah. the is the golem the dj, DJ? Yeah. well i mean and he was in the messenger yep was he he was he was the, he was the rock golem dude in the messenger and he looked like he was djing in that yep did he i have to go back he and did. look at that okay there's a lot of subtle connections between the messenger, like where the yeah. story yeah, actually exists within this this dimension. It's it's pretty cool. It's subtle enough that if you haven't played the messenger, you're kind of like whatever that those guys look familiar. But you know, going back and replaying the messenger on top of playing Sea Stars, you're like, yeah, okay, these guys are hanging in the same place. Like <laughs> there's there's a lot of correlation between the two, and it, it's it's really neat how they. They're totally different genres of game style, but yeah. they they're still set within the same kind of universe. But it's not like it's forced, you know. It's kind of like, hey, we're gonna drop these homages. Um, there's there a go, spot Jake. I just dropped, and I have something to say. He he constantly looks like he's doing this in the messenger. Oh, he's holding his cans, holding his holding one of his left can, holding one of his cans, and bouncing <laughs> around. That's what he does in the game. So it looked like that's what he was doing. So the fact that they sort of leaned into that and made mm-hmm. it look like he was actually DJing. <laughs> that's awesome. There's a, there's a spot in the really second cool. island where you're, you come across a creature, one of the guys you've been, one of the monsters you're fighting just randomly, and he's looking out over 
the view. And if you talk to him, it's the same line that it gives you in Chrono Trigger when you talk to one of the creatures up there. It says, oh, View's nice. And if you keep yeah, talking Dengaro to it, it says, View's Mountain nice. View's like nice. Or and then yeah, yeah. The if you keep talking nice. to him, yeah, if you keep talking yeah, to him Waller, in Chrono Trigger, he'll, ki- he'll give you a tent. And then this one, he gives you a health item. And he goes, it's the same series of lines. It's the same number of talking. And he goes, God, you're annoying. Here, take this. Go away. <laughs> or it's a power <laughs> It's a power tab, I think, you get from, from the first yeah. one. But, but it's. I, I was just like, that was one of the one things in the game where I was like, you, you got me. You got me. I remember <laughs> that. That's cool. So a lot of callbacks. But speaking of callbacks and Chrono Trigger, let's talk about the music that is connected with uh, with this particular game. Now we know that uh, what what's the what's the guy's name that did the music for the messenger? Okay, so Rainbow Dragon Eyes, or as he's credited in this, Eric W. Brown, mm-hmm. did the music for the messenger and did most of the music for Sea of Stars. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did get Yasunori Mitsuda to do 10 tracks for Sea of Stars. And there were a couple that I was very like, sometimes I'd stop and I'd listen. I'd be like, okay, is this, this, this one's got to be Mitsuda. Because I I will say they both have, you know, very distinct sounds. And so it's, it's cool that the fact that they don't feel like they clash in the game. It doesn't feel like you're going to a a completely different style, but you can definitely tell what's Mitsuda if you're trying to Mm -hmm. and what's rainbow dragon eyes or Eric Brown, if you're trying to and like, cause uh, Eric W like rainbow dragon eyes was like one of my top three listened to in Spotify last year. Yep. So, And Mitsuda so has been mine for one. the last like two years. So yeah, yeah. So what what helps with that is that if you've played the Messenger, then there's a lot of hints or callbacks to the Messenger soundtrack in in Sea of Stars. Like when I'm listening to a lot of the tracks, you can hear the hints of music for the Messenger in it, and I love it. It feels great. Well, yeah. There's and we'll come back to this, but there's there basically there's whole chunks of Sea of Stars that connect with the messenger. So like early on through the first half of the game, it feels like it's just ramping up. You're getting bits and bits more like larger and larger chunks of connection to the messenger until a point. And then it kind of seemingly drops off. And then for the rest of the game, there are still connections. They're just not as dramatic Mm -hmm. and sometimes not nearly as noticeable, but there were a couple that I was like, ah, I gotcha. Yeah. There's but, a lot uh, of there's a lot of swelling in the music too as it as the as the game continues because it seems very like you said it seems very choresy very we're just gonna go take out the trash kind of thing this is our job we're gonna go do it but as the story itself and this is also going back to the Gar thing of him being the heart of the team which makes this less cheesy is that yeah you expect yeah it's power friendship blah 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 but what's going on and what's happening is so not obviously like. That's what it is. You know what I mean? It's not like we're friends, so we're going to deal with this together. Now, he says that kind of stuff, but you're not like, God, I fucking want to, I want to hit this guy with a pan. You're kind of like, no, yeah, for some reason, he's so good. lovable. He's yeah. not obnoxious about it. He's just such a likable character. It's great. Right. And as, they did it as, to just the right amount. 
that as it keeps on going throughout the game, the music becomes like more epic and less like scene sceney, like less like, oh, we're just in the next area. It just it swells and it gets bigger and it gets more grandiose and, and more anxiety ridden parts. Like the whole part that I'm in right now, I'm like losing my crap. <laughs> for everything because it's the big turn it's like the big pivot point of where you've hit yeah. the you know you're you're going to the climax and the conflict is coming together and you're just like what is happening and i hated that i had to stop it today but it is it's just and you can tell the mitsuda parts of that are the swelling is the epic the building yeah. on top of it and having uh rainbow dragon eyes and him kind of mix like you said it doesn't clash because they are very different styles and music in in their respective ways but they've made such a good job of of combining their styles together to make this epic but cool chill you know th this is going to be a yeah. very much widely listened to album on my spotify yeah uh i keep for, waiting for, for it to hit to spotify because right now there's only the three tracks right last i, I wonder if it's licensing issues because they they went out outsourced Maybe the guy from Chrono Trigger I to do some of the tracks. I Mitsuda's on I Spotify. He's got work be... on there already. Yeah, I, like I listen to Chrono to... Trigger religiously on there. I think it's <laughs> supposed to hit Spotify soonish, mm -hmm. but maybe they're just waiting for like soundtrack sales to go hit a certain amount before they do it or something. I don't know. Oh, yeah. soundtrack was probably um, part of the, the deluxe edition of the game or yeah. something, probably. So that makes sense. But, you know, like, clashing music styles can totally work. Like, one of my favorite soundtracks of all time, and it keeps getting better, is Final Fantasy XIV. And there's, what, a half a dozen different genres represented in Final Fantasy XIV? Mm -hmm. There's if every, every raid or every boss battle is, like, different genre music from rock to freaking classical. It's awesome. So I dig the classical. I dig the conflict of styles, the mix of styles in this game. It's really good. The soundtrack is also something I love about Sea of Stars. Which sucks because I love the graphics and I love the soundtrack. He's got a lot to like so, here. Yeah, let's let's talk about the combat real quick. Oof. The combat in Sea of Stars, it's very much like a mashup of, you know, it, on the surface it looks like Chrono Trigger. It feels a lot like Chrono Trigger, mm -hmm. but it's got that timed hit mechanic that you get from Super Mario RPG or the Mario and Luigi RPGs for handheld game, for handheld consoles. So Legend of the Dragoon. <clears throat> yeah, and to a degree, it's... I like it. Sometimes it's hard to figure out when to time what, mm -hmm. especially when different enemies telegraph different ways and you have to time your blocks different times and all that. This was one of my small frustrations with the game, actually, is early on in the game, when you're being taught about the mechanics, it straight up tells you, oh, don't worry if you time things right. It's not a big deal, right? It, it straight up tells you it's not a big deal. Just <laughs> think it of it be. as a bonus when you get it right. <laughs> it's a big, big deal. It's a deal. big fucking deal. Yeah. It's a huge When deal. you it time it right and blocks 25% of incoming damage, right? Yep. yep. That's a big deal to me. That's enough to warrant wanting to get it right as often as possible. So. Right. The fact that they play it off like, oh, don't worry about it. But you kind of got to worry about it most of the time. Don't worry there about it. Especially with the other where I think kind of worry about it. it. Yeah, it, there well, were some cases I think it shaved off like 50% or more damage if I defended at the right time. Yep. But not, yep. Even, not only that, but also the other part of the combat, the lock system, which you guys can explain more than me. But in that, it's 
critical that you hit more than once with the same element type and mm -hmm. you do that by timing your attack correctly if you don't time an attack you're only hitting once instead of twice right and there are ways to do that um there's a character i don't think you have the character yet um you get them pretty sure early on should i mention them by name Chard? If you want to, yeah. I mean, I think I have okay. them all. I don't think there's anyone I'm missing. Yeah, I, she's pretty early on. You get her yeah. on the third island. Um, her name is Sarai. I love she's that. the ninja character. Um, she's my favorite. And A better edge, <laughs> if I might. <laughs> yeah. No, but that one. Just, just you wait. It gets better still. She's not a glass um, cannon like edges. <laughs> she... Uh, she has a manu she has an ability that can actually knock back the timer by two. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, so that becomes a... an element of part of the strategy, right? Mm -hmm. uh, by the end of the game, you've got so many different types of abilities. You're swapping characters on the fly, which you totally can do without getting punished for. It's not yep. like Pokemon where it takes a turn to swap a character. Right. When no, you need it's, to swap it's a character, seamless. you can just swap them whenever, and it doesn't mm -hmm. take a turn away from you. I love that. Yep. Absolutely. It lets seamless. you seamlessly use all of your characters that you have almost whenever you want. So you can even, that becomes if, part if of the strategy. A, if you've got a combo tech, too, and that character's not out in your party, it will automatically still allow you to select that tech and put that me member in your party instantaneously so you could do the attack. So it's not yeah, like I can oh, move yeah. these people around. Yeah. <clears throat> even if your other two characters have already spent their turns, you can still swap one you of can them still out. Use it. Yep. In the tech menu, it'll let you swap the other character and like, which one do you want to trade out? Mm -hmm. And then after that person, after that character's turn, it swaps it, you know, it resets the turn order. And now all three are available for taking their turns again. So there's no punishment in swapping at all and i love that mm -hmm. um that's another thing to mention actually is leveling in this game it's constantly even so if yeah. you have a character who's dead at the end of combat they're not losing out of experience mm -hmm. you could Good. argue that that simplifies it a little bit i think it reduces a headache that's present in a lot of rpgs yep i agree because i mean how many times have we had to go into another area where like i need like final fantasy 6 where you have to split the team up at the very end, right. and like, oh, I haven't used Gao since I don't know the world of freaking balance. So he's level, I don't know, 13 when he should be within at least the 50s by now. So, you know, it, it allows you, but you, you know, we have a joke. Jake has a running joke where he'll come into my stream and say, hey, why aren't you using the best party? Well, guess what? I have the best party because they're all there. I can move around all leveled I need and however I want to, and they're all the same level. So there's none of that stuff. The the challenge is still in the battle. It's not like it scales to you. It's still it a lot of the fights are, I think, adequately difficult. I don't feel I have not hit any spikes yet. There's been some times where I've made poor decisions and I've suffered from it, but I think I've only really died in this game maybe four or five times in the 25 hours I played it. And that's just because poor timing. I messed something up, and when I came back and did it again, I was like, oh, well, did you get the timing right? And it's still a learning yeah. curve, which we'll talk about some of the puzzly parts of the combat here in a minute. I think <laughs> I only died like six times going through the game. Yeah. Um, so I don't feel like it's too hard. There's also... Uh, gosh. Okay, so the locking system, right? 
let's let's talk about that because it, it, it like chard was saying at certain points it's kind of a puzzle within combat mm-hmm. um so it gets to a point where sometimes you're given you know a lock a set of locks that you just can't accomplish right right it's like you know that that's because <laughs> i feel like it's sort of dangling a carrot in front of the player that they can't get right i think it's by design it can seem frustrating but really what it is is it's letting you know something really big is about to happen. Prepare yourself. If you've got yeah. characters with low health, heal them or swap them out because this is going to hurt really bad. Yep. That's what okay. that's telling you. But with that, <laughs> you can't prepare yourself because I know, okay, later on, sure, you get a character that can turn back the clock. But mo- So here's the battle that kind of pissed me off and tipped me off in this game. There's three of the same enemy and their spell that they cast and it, it gives you a lock to, to chance to break it is bombs. There's three of them. They all charge in their spell fucking immediately in the first round and you have two turns and you're going to try and attempt to take down the lock of each of those characters or not. You can try to prepare yourself. But if you don't take down the locks, that bomb attack did a crap ton of damage and you get hit with three of them unless you take some of them down. And the locks I got, I, I don't know if they're random or they're predetermined, but I couldn't I couldn't even do um, I did one just barely, but it meant I couldn't heal anybody. And I, I ended up dying there. And I realized later on there's stuff that you can get to make that easier. But in the beginning of the game, that was kind of brutal. That they give you like enemies that are all casting spells, all have locks. You can't re- reliably take down any of them. And that was kind of that, that was kind of frustrating. I, the, I know this better. I'm the sadomasochist, I think, of the group when it comes to difficulty in playing games. So those things to me, I thought were cool additions to the fight system. I like the puzzly aspect to it, um, and yeah. that's right. I mean, there's there's definitely times where you start up, and I've I've looked at, it, I've stared at it, I've stared at a lock, going, "Damn it, I can't, I can't do that. I can't. How do I get through that?" And then it it just takes you time to kind of figure out that same area that you're talking about. Jake was like my first death, and I think I died there twice yeah. trying to get through that area because it is it is tough, but even without even just like kind of looking it over going oh all right let's we can do this instead i can move this around it's just you just got to think a little bit more in kind of a tactical sense when it comes to because some of those things there are times when there's but and and as for the pre i think that the choices are predetermined and i think those predeterminations tell you what attack it's going to be because sometimes it'll be an attack or another time, yeah. an all heal or something. And you can usually see when it puts up that lock key up there, you can go, okay, that's the attack. So Wolf's right. You can you can determine this lock key I know is going to be a group heal for the other team. So I'm going to take that opportunity to heal my team because they're going to do the same thing if I don't have enough magic or enough time to get at it to unlock that thing. The lock yeah. system in this is so cool. I love this part it makes fighting interesting and it's not just like mario rpg where i'm just trying to find the timing on things it's added no, a no, no. level of yeah. of challenge to the game that's fun and it's not it, it can be brutal i'm not gonna i'm not gonna take that away from anybody or, or make anybody feel bad about it but it it's still like oh this is this is a neat system okay who do i need to attack first and sometimes you don't know sometimes the attack's gonna be for damage and sometimes the attack's going to wipe out half your party, but you don't yeah, know until you thing. see it. And it's, you know, it's a learning curve as you continue. You, you die and you, you go back and try it again. So it's, it is neat. And I do like it. 
But what what kind of war on me is that it's not just reserved for like hard encounters or bosses. It's every damn fight. And there's a lot of fights. I mean, it's an RPG. That's that's what you get with an RPG is is the battles. But there's a lot of fights in this game, and they all have that mechanic, and they all use that lock mechanic heavily. And I, I feel like you can't just face roll your way through combat like you could in like Chrono Trigger or Final Fantasy. Maybe that's my issue. So, I mean, we'll get to it later on. There are things that you can turn on in the game to make combat easier, and I ended up doing that, and it made the game better for me. But there's just so many battles, and having to face the locks every few minutes for another battle, it just it just wore out quickly. Mm-hmm. Like I, I didn't mind the button, the time button presses. Although you're right, Wolf, there are some attacks that are kind of hard to judge. But I I like the Mario RPG aspect of the combat, but the lock system in every goddamn fight was a bit much. Mm. I early on I will agree with you that that's the case, um, but something to consider in this game is you know you. You might feel like you're maybe underleveled. Um, level is not hugely important in this game. Mm-hmm. I mean, it can be, but I mean, even if you skip some fights, which kind of is possible, you're not going to be hurting at the end of the game as long as you're keeping your characters geared up. Gear accounts okay. for so many more stats in this game, so many more stat points, I should say, than levels do. Save for maybe a couple things like you it's it's kind of hard to get MP from gear. Like there's a couple of pieces that'll give you a few MP, but for the most part, MP is sort of occasionally rewarded on level ups. You'll get an MP and sometimes you can choose it as Mm. your stat bonus when you get a level up, which, you know, sometimes I was like, I want at least this much. So I'm going to take it until I'm at that. As soon as I get a level up, I'm going to take it until I hit that tier. And then I'll start focusing on other things. But for the most part, like it's, it's really about finding the equipment. So you do want to do the deep exploration and find the equipment. Cause you know, if you're level, I, I'm going to spoil something small here and it's about progression. So the level cap in this game is 30. And, doesn't seem very high. <laughs> no. And I think Mario was the same level cap, as a matter of fact. Mario I RPG think, was 35, actually. Oh, and 35, I was frustrated with that being the level cap because I easily hit it in Mario RPG. Right. In this, uh, <laughs> I was level 22 at the end. So the experience curve slow down that much? It's feels like it. But, but as you're progressing, it's not a, yeah, it doesn't like it's not a super curve. It's just like, you know, new enemies give you this much. Next new enemies give you this much. Next new enemies give you this much. And so you're making up for anything you might have missed, right? Very quickly, and it scales you kind of to where you need to be at that point very fast. There's there's been no no point in this playthrough that I have ever stopped. And you know me. Grind grinding is like it's the goddamn channel theme is to go and grind shit. We got a fucking <laughs> video about it. I have not once throughout this entire game gone, I should not be here. I need to go back and, and grind some a little bit more. And that's that's I'm used to that. This game has progressed so smoothly in its difficulty that is it's always felt like I'm here and it's like right here. And I'm just 
I just keep bumping it up and it it, yeah. it, it kind of tails with me. So it doesn't feel like, ah, oh, I need to, I can't be in this area. I got to get out of here. Or this boss is kicking my ass. We need to go get some levels. It doesn't feel that way at all. It feels like, and there's a joke. There's actually a joke within the game where it's like you go into town and you buy some new equipment, you sell the old shit you don't want. You know, there's a whole like fourth wall breaking. Yeah. And somehow like second or third progressively time. better blacksmiths as you travel around the world. Yeah. Yeah. I fucking love that shit. So Yolande, one of the pirates that you meet very early in the game, she's the one who doles out the very meta humor that you get from mm -hmm. the messenger's shopkeeper. Right. Yolande okay. gives you that sort of humor in this. I love that. Yolande was my favorite pirate. She's a <laughs> Everything is her middle name. Every time yeah. it's a different say, it's a, well, if that wouldn't be my middle name or some shit like that, you're like, in fact, right. I think at one point she's actually like, that's not my middle name. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 yeah, the scaling is great. There's no, there's no grinding in it. And it has not felt like I needed to find ultimate weapons. I have, I have just casually, and because Wolf is a hardcore, he dives in, he goes for everything he can find. I, it I'm casually, on the game, yeah, but, um, I, I'm 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 casually drifting through this, and I am stumbling across armor. That's that's better. Our weaponry, all that stuff is just kind of coming to me without there being like, God, I've spent forty minutes trying to get RNG to drop for this stupid sword. It's it's literally been like, oh, we're in a new area. Oh. This this yeah. this sword just appeared. Cool. I'm gonna take it. In fact, it. there was there was a point where there was a spot that was very easy that you could have missed. That I was like, you need to go there so that yeah. you could get that sword. Yep. Because otherwise, there's another like there's also a rainbow conch there. So mm -hmm. there's a sword and a rainbow conch. So you know, one is something you're gonna have to come back for later, and the other is disappointing if you find out you missed out on it. Right. So it's like I was like, go there. This is not a spoiler, but you're gonna want that. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to see. I even told so my some buddy of the things who, on the map was really hard to see. Yeah, I <clears> I even communicated that spot to my buddy because he was playing through, and I was like, "How do I tell him without spoiling any of the story for him?" I was like, "Okay, when you get to the point with Turquoise Pond or Turquoise Lake, whatever it's called, right?" I was like, "Go directly east from there. There's an entrance there that you won't notice. Right? Go in there. You'll find some stuff that'll help. It's just a one room screen." Right. So like, I, okay, I know a lot of a lot a lot of the, the uh, areas have something hidden that you can find if you if you just explore a little bit. And I like I like that because usually an accessory or something, which is cool. But I got to ask, though, I'm so sick of fishing mini games. Are you required to do the fishing in this game? Because it feels like there's okay. a lot of fishing in it. it so helps. It, it helps. But really, you only have to catch one of each type of fish in the game. And it's and not hard. Good. Yeah. No. And, and is he found a unique fish? Is, is no. How... Sometimes okay. I've, I've fished the first couple ponds, and then I think I got to the third pond, and it was like, you've already caught all these fish. I was like, all right. Yeah, you just take off. No okay. big deal. Yeah, you don't um, have to hit every single there's, one. There's only 23 types of fish in the game. That's it. It's fun. Okay. Fishing's and actually fishing, fun. Honestly, it's, clearing it's out not the pond... No, you yeah. clear out a pond in less than five minutes. You've caught all the fish that are there, and yeah. you've got cooking materials. You're good. Yeah, and that's the other thing is the yeah. food. Getting getting ingredients throughout the map to cook stuff, which I think is an awesome... I, I love this game. There's an awesome attribute to the game where you're not buying potions and you're not buying elixirs. You're getting stuff to make food, and as soon as you get to a campfire, 
you just cook whatever you know you get different recipes as the game progresses because gar learns new things and you can you can make food that do different things threat and it's it's literally hold the button down cool little yeah. animation about the cooking and then you're done it's you don't have to like grab yeah. and pick or anything like that the customization is is just nil and you just make stuff and then you're like oh god i've got all this food and you can hold up to 10 different items of food throughout the playthrough so you, every time ten, you get there or go ahead you you can you can hold 10 pieces of food period right so if it's yeah. you can hold 10 of the same thing or you know nine of something and one of something else whatever it doesn't matter you just right. got 10 food slots and i have yet I to like find that, a time yeah. where i've i've run out of food like i've gotten to maybe like 3 left and then I'm like, oh, I'm, I found a campfire. Perfect. I'll start whipping stuff together. It's never been to a point where I'm like, I have no items. There's nothing I can do to heal. I am totally up against it here. It is just so far. It is. I, I think if Sinistar played the game, he would be very pleased with there not being a huge hockey stick in difficulty and, throughout this game. It feels very plateaued, though, like a, a very a gradual and, grind the whole time. That's something worth mentioning, too, for Jake's frustration with how many enemies there are in the game. As long as you don't leave the location, they don't respawn. Yep. Right. Yeah, yeah. you can clear that's, out an entire That's not map. leaving the screen. That's leaving the location. Yep. So some locations are, you know, five, six, maybe seven screens or more. As long as you don't leave that location and go back to the world map, those enemies you've defeated are gone still. So yep. you, if you feel like you need to, you can run back to a campfire, do some cooking, heal up, save, and then continue back on. And yeah, it's a bit of backtracking, but it's better than finding yourself up against a brick wall with enemies. And so I actually found myself like, you know, I'd go to a, I'd go beat a fight right after a campfire and I'd be like, man, those guys hit hard and I need a heal. Yep. Back to the yeah, campfire and rest back. real quick and then continue on. And save. So yeah. the problem I had was when I died, it was at the end of an area mm. and you lose all your progress. And I'm like, I'm like, all right, okay, fine. JRPG. This is how it used to be. I get it. It was still frustrating. And I get that that doesn't happen very often. Um, I yeah, do want to say, I, think... I love the food system. The cooking is actually really cool because one of the problems with um, JRPGs, Final Fantasy, especially is notoriously bad for this. You get hundreds of items and you'll get like a few dozen good ones, like mega elixirs. And it's you have to defeat the urge to hoard. You don't want to hoard items in Final Fantasy, but you feel like you have to because they're finite. In this game, literally doesn't matter. In fact, you just use the 10 items and you make more. You don't have to hoard anything or feel like you're going to hoard something. Because that was my biggest thing with Chrono Trigger in Final Fantasy VI is never hoard your items. Use the damn things. Right. So I like that about this game. Yeah. Yeah, I and, like this game. Yeah, there's yeah, only like, like 26 recipes, I think, in the game, too. Yeah. So it's not oh, a okay. massive recipe list, and mm -hmm. they scale hard, right? Yeah. You know, the first thing you get is like, it heals 30 HP, or it a heals basic what, salad. 5 MP or something, right? I love <laughs> Which that is you the need name a cooking of it. fire. I love that you need a fire to cook a salad. At, a basic it's a basic salad. salad. That. Fire <laughs> roasted lettuce, man. Come on. What's Perfect. wrong with you? But get I mean, by tomatoes. the end of the game... Like the, the items, the recipes you learn at the end of the game are like heals one person for a hundred percent of their HP and a hundred percent of their MP. Yeah. And then I think there was like uh some some items you find that you can cook, you know, they heal the party for a bunch of hit points or a decent amount of hit points and some MP, you know. So you get really like some somewhat varied healing items by the end of the game that lets you sort of tailor 
what foods you keep in your pack for your style of play. Mm-hmm. Right. And there's even stuff and, that bring characters out of KO and and yeah. things like that. But even in a fight, like your character will drop and it has stars around its head, like you know, the old cartoon spinning stars. And each time one of those stars drops off, you're you're like one round closer to that person just getting back up and fighting again. So your characters are, uh, you won't, I mean, you know, we, we all know this. When you die, everybody's dead, then it's over. But if you got two people KO'd and you can keep yourself going for a little bit longer, you just got to wait until they get out of it. So you don't have to be like, crap, I don't have any Phoenix Downs or I don't have any life yeah. potions or any of that yeah. shit. It'll pop itself yeah, up if I just, if I can just hold on a little longer. So it, it kind of gives you a little bit more like, I, I got to stay alive just a little bit longer. <clears throat> and, there's there's relics that make the game fairly and I'm not talking about the the things that you switch on and off. There's party relics. So the mm-hmm. the game has sort of like two two types of accessories. I should not say relic, I should say accessory because that's what they're called in this. So there's right. two types of accessories. There's accessories that equip and affect your character and there's accessories that you equip and affect the whole party. So even if they're not actively in the party in combat, the accessory they have yeah. on still affects the people that are there's like an on-off Is that switch the gold that ones? go into the options. Yeah, the yes. gold ones affect everybody. Okay. As long and the as silver the party is split up. Yeah. I should mention right. there's there's one point, um, and Chard, you're about there actually, where mm. the party gets sent in different directions. Oh, okay. And so now you've got like a couple people here and a couple people here, and the couple people here, their gold relics only affect them. The yeah. other gold relics don't affect anybody here. So that was something I was a little bit bummed about to a degree. I was like, oh, but (laughs) there's (laughs) there's there's definitely, you know, some customization there that lets you sort of plan out Hmm. how you're tackling things, what kind of stuff your characters are capable of, how well what their survivability is like, things like that. Now, the relics that you were talking about that you could turn on and off, I mean, they they're all over the board as to what they accomplish. So like mm-hmm. one is just like, it gives you a 10% off at stores. Okay, cool. Like, I love yeah. that. <laughs> Some of them there's, says you can I see know, enemies. I mean, love the relics and weaknesses and stuff. Oh. Yeah. There's see enemies, hit points and weaknesses. There's, um, show a star fly out of your character when you time them a thing correctly. Super right. useful. And then there's stuff like, Oh, you know what? I, I assume the one you're talking about, Jake, for accessibility, there's accessibility relics. So, you know, you turn that one on, and after every battle, your characters all heal all their hit points and MP so that, you know, you're not struggling to get through the game. So it's, 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 this game is very, ent- I, I always claim that Chrono Trigger is very entry level RPG. Like anybody can get into it with relative yeah. ease. I feel like this is even easier, honestly. Way yeah. easier. Sure. Agreed. Absolutely now, agree. there's also relics for the people who want a really hardcore experience. There's stuff you can turn on that basically makes it so everything hits, you, you know, you you take 95% extra damage or something yeah. like that, and mm-hmm. you do less damage and things like that. So there's some people who are like, yeah, I'm going to turn these all on and make it as hard as hell. 
Right. <laughs> Good for you. Yeah. I'm not doing that. That's not fun yeah. for me. But maybe that's, that's a new game plus feature. I don't know about that for the maybe. first playthrough. <laughs> so there's one that actually takes away the timing mechanic where it doesn't do as much damage, doesn't you know uh, save against much as much damage, but it automatically does the timed hit for you. I turned that yeah. on because I just got fed up pushing the button because like my hands, I got hand pain. Trying to play on the Switch's little Joy-Cons is really frustrating for the timing mechanic. It'd be easier on a PC. I, I should have played this on Steam, honestly. And but honestly, though, turn turning on, that yeah. on, your your success rate is it probably, depending on how hardcore you are about it, you're probably maybe, you're never going to hit 100% success rate unless right. you're like super, I am ultimate perfectionist type of person. Most of the time, your success rate is probably going to be somewhere from like 50 to 70%. So you know, making it a success constantly, but you're not doing as much extra or blocking or damage. It kind of works out to about even probably. So it's fair. Yeah. Like, right. So I want to ask then. So there's, there's a lot of these, there's like a surprising amount of relics that you can just, it feels like you can turn on without any penalty. Is there any penalty yeah. to using relics? No. None? Nope. Is there any reason to not use them? Or just, that's or totally just up to your challenge? preference. No, it's, that's it's all about your personal experience. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So anything that you feel like you want to turn on to make your experience more playable for you, absolutely do it. Like there's no reason yeah, not that's, to. That's good. Yeah. Um, if you're playing on a platform that has achievements, it's not going to hinder achievements. No. No. So let's let's point out in the combat too that it is like Chrono Trigger where the sprites are visible. So there are opportunities because there's there's uh, some places where the Creatures are moving in a pattern, and you can actually run past them and get away from them. Oh yeah, some of them, some of them do have chase. But if you're like, I don't want to fight these fuckers. I think I can get around them. Then you can maneuver yourself out of it. And again, like Wolf said, not fighting every single fight will not change the outcome of your game. It's not gonna. It's not gonna make a huge difference. If you're like, man, I missed like three battles. I'm not going to be able to take on this next thing. Yes, you are. You're going to be just fine. You just got to learn your timings and learn the stuff and, and you'll be good yeah. to go. Like the battling system like itself is good for experience, but it's also really good to train you on how to approach each battle with the lock systems, with the timing attacks and the timing defense. <clears throat> I like that you can avoid the battles, but just like in Chrono Trigger, I never did because it feels like they're there and you kind of want to see it. Because yeah. sometimes in Chrono Trigger, the, you know, the way the enemies call their friends into the combat was neat or funny or interesting, or you got items or something that was worth made it worthwhile, or you got tech points or something. I felt like that was the same in Sea of Stars. Yes, I could skip if I really, really wanted to. And maybe I would if it was New Game Plus. But for the first playthrough, I feel like you want to do each combat, whether it's beneficial or not. It just It's there you want to kill it, I guess. Right. So that's the difference for me. Yeah. <laughs> you Slight exist, disclaimer. you must die. Yeah. <laughs> slight, disclaimer, slight disclaimer, very late game, there are some battles that you just can't avoid. And yeah. you don't necessarily okay. see them coming. Yeah. You just wander into an area and all of a sudden, ambush. Yep. Which uh, gets, it, it becomes more prevalent at the very end of the game. And so I ended up not relying on my party accessory that gives you extra uh, live mana at the start mm -hmm. of combat. If you because I wasn't able to, you know, instigate the combat. So I was like, this is a wasted relic. So I traded it out for something else that was more useful for that mm -hmm. moment. Mm -hmm. um, but you've got the, you've got the, you know, early on, you can walk up to an enemy and try to get a strike in before battle. There's live mana on the ground and you've done a couple of hit points of damage. Ooh, big whoop. But, you know, damage is damage. 
uh, as you progress in the game, you get what's uh, a, like a little grappling hook, the grapplo, or you know, if you're familiar with uh, Messenger, it's the rope dart, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> the hook shot. Which they yeah. use as the rope dart, and I want to come back to that in a few minutes. But if you use that to engage with an enemy, you throw the rope dart at, you know, the grapplo at them, you come in hot, do damage to them, and then the start the fight starts. Yep. So that's cool. And then apparently my buddy told me about this. I went through the entire game without knowing this. Um, that little, you know, air move that you get where you just you know, whoosh some air out of you. Usually use it to activate a fan or something. Mm-hmm. You can use that on the enemies that are running toward you and push them back. Yep. Yep. You I can reposition things. If, if something's coming to charge you, you can push them away and, and reposition yourself better. I have yet to be able to like actually escape the fight because I usually push them <laughs> in the direction I'm trying to go, which doesn't help me. Um, but yeah, I, f- I found that out today. I was like, Oh look, I'm pushing these assholes around. So, and they were leaf characters. So I was like, I just thought it was because they were leaf characters <laughs> that it was working on. Um, uh, apparently it, it's yeah. any of them. I still haven't tested it personally. Cause by yeah. the time I found out I had a hundred percent of the game, I was like, Oh, that's cool, but I'm not going right. to go back and check it. I can confirm. Um, you can do that. <clears throat> so I, I want to talk a little bit about the connection to the messenger. Yeah. So Messenger, Jake and I have done an episode where we gushed on that game for like an hour and a half. <laughs> it's still a great game. I play and it all the time. <laughs> I dove hardcore into that game, into the lore even. Like I, I went heavy into it, right? And I'm sure there are people out there who've gone much heavier than me. So I'm, I'm not a, a font of knowledge for this game whatsoever. But uh, the connections that I saw to the messenger in this, I absolutely loved. Now, Jake, you're far enough to where I can mention this. I ended up looking at uh, a character listing on Wikipedia or whatever, like some you know, the messenger wiki of the characters. And I saw stuff that I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm dumb. I didn't even make that connection. The sleeper Manfred. Do you remember Manfred from the messenger? I don't think so. Who's there was a dragon boss in the messenger. Oh yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then he ends up, you beat him and you, you know, you do away with his brainwashing and he's like, Oh yeah, I'm a Butler dragon, you know? Right. So there is a connection there between the sleeper and Manfred. I won't say what, but there's a connection. Um, But as you progress through the game, you start seeing these things that are like bigger and deeper. And you're you're like, oh, man. So at a point where Chard's at now, actually, he just finished this island. So I I guess we're delving into some spoilers, but not like Sea of Stars specific spoilers. We're talking spoilers that connect between the two, right? Right. Um. So Charge has finished what was called Mesa Island. Now, I think that's a play on Messenger Island because it is Messenger Island. That's where Glacial Peak and the crags are. Mm. You can see them on the map. They send you to Glacial Peak before you even get to Mesa Island. Yep. And then once at Mesa Island, you, you, know, you, you do the mountain hike, and then you're straight into Autumn Hills, first level from the Messenger. Yep. And it is pretty much the first level of the messenger. Mm-hmm. 
just done in sea of star style. So, you know, there's points where you're climbing trees and going back and forth. You can, if you look at the messenger level, it's straight up the same level. They just interpreted it for the, for sea of stars. It's more of an it's overhead. Super cool. Third person down camera. View angle so you're using the rope dart right. thing, the yep. grapplo thing yep. constantly to move over to places, to reach new areas. Yep. There's the part where you go underwater and swim back and forth is in there. Like it's, it's very obviously the same area. <laughs> so the story in the messenger was, I remember there's a sun and a moon spirit, which is obviously plays in a sea of stars. You have a sun and moon character, yes. but the, wasn't uh, the messenger still the origin? Right. So in the messenger though, it was dropped numerous times. It was like an, there was like an island or something where they fled and that's where they all became ninjas or something. There was, there's something about that in the messenger story. And I was wondering if that has anything to do with sea of the stars. They're not the same world, right? Like you were, you were saying something about a multiverse. So is the messenger a different universe in the multiverse or is it actually in this world? This particular reality, I think it's safe to say is the messenger reality. Okay. Uh, I, I cannot say for certain because there's still a DLC for this game coming out next year. And that DLC is supposed to have even more to do with the messenger, like the setup for how you get to what the messenger's world is. Right. But, Chard even saw some things today that are very much, oh, okay, this, there's implications here that are massive for the messenger. Mm-hmm. So it, it's sort of some origin stories for the messenger's overall story, which is really neat. The whole um, mushroom forest was a big, a big cross yeah, call, uh, call out song, okay. And it's the same song. It yeah. just doesn't sound like the same song because in, in Sea of Stars, it's upbeat. It's song shroom for song shroom marsh, right? Right, right. And then in the messenger, it's poisonous spiked mushrooms. It's quill shroom forest or, right. or marsh or whatever. Right. So it's it's the same song, but it sounds a lot more uh, sinister in the messenger than it does in Sea of Stars. Yeah, I and love then, that. The remix know. music is really good in this. Like it's it, yeah. you can definitely you can feel it's the messenger, but I love how it's different. It's its own thing. Yeah, and like you get other areas. Like there's a lot of areas in this game that are in the messenger and it's cool to make those connections. Charge still has yet to see some, yeah. uh, well, but I need to play a little bit more of the messenger too. So, so I can actually get the connection. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, you might. I, I don't know if you ever saw the, uh, 16 bit section of the messenger. Did you, I don't know if you I got get that, that far. far? Really? Uh, you got to play the messenger. It's not it's that long. Either. It's, I know it's, I got it. I got to play. Game, yeah. It's tough. Then though. yeah, it's you're about to hit an area that you're not too far from an area where that is, it's super cool to see it represented in Sea of Stars. But, and, and Sea of Stars, like, not only does the story's stakes just gradually ramp and feel more epic as you progress, but the areas kind of feel cooler as you progress too. Yeah. Like, early on, yeah, it does, it feels a little bit dull on the first two islands, I gotta say, for the most part. Like, you know, climbing down with the waterfalls and the ponds and everything, it's neat, but it's not super exciting. Right. And then when you get to the next island and you're, you know, it's always night. Okay. Ooh, it's, you know, you're yeah. here, but it's, it's, it's more interesting than it there. was. Yeah. But yeah, that's where the game's, you know, scope and scale and grandioseness started to actually feel like something. Right. Which I think is what Jake's issue is, is he's not there yet. Right. And then, yeah. you know, as you progress and you get further, it just gets bigger and bigger and, my favorite area is still probably a good 10 to 15 hours off for Chard. 
I'm excited. And you're and what's really cool is you're gonna like they're gonna reset you a little bit in how you perceive the world, mm-hmm. and all the music you're super familiar with is gonna get changed up and sound oh. super fucking cool. Oh my god, I love this. I love this game. This game is so, so good. You're I mean, gonna be like, that's the song, but it's not the song. <laughs> <laughs> Is it yeah. like a World of Balance, World of Ruin thing in Final Fantasy VI type of change, or is it more I, subtle than that? It's I don't want to say what it is, but okay, um, it's super fucking cool, and Chard's gonna be like, he's gonna be the one round t- ranting about Sea of Stars in a couple weeks in MP. Okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I already did that a bunch. I yeah. gushed like crazy about it in the Marco Polos. Chard's gonna be the one doing it next. Like, holy oh, shit. Man. Jimmy was not kidding. I'm already gushing <laughs> about it like now. I mean, it's it's so good. I mean, it really is so freaking good. And I, I really hope that we can get you over the same. We'll call it the Gollum hump, hunt, hump. We'll just call it the Gollum hump because it's the roadblock. It's the wall we hit and we just need to help usher you over a little bit so that yeah. when you get to when the things start kind of kicking off, you're like, Okay, yeah, I'm there. I'm with you. Or you could say, "Nah, man, I'm just not feeling it," and that's fine because he's right. Once you get to the 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 island that's always dark, and you have to go take yeah, on Wraith like your island. first, yeah, your first major like this is the major plot line, the first half of the story, and those the things whole, you're hunting, yeah, yeah, and the shit just does what it does. Then if you're not hooked by that, I I can't do nothing for you. There's nothing we can do. Yeah. Because that, that's where it kind of like, I was already in, like I already committed to it. Yeah. But once like, you I did the first, it. once you fight with one of the first dwellers, you're like, all right, I'm hooked. I'm in, I'm done. I'm not letting go. <laughs> and then I just kept on, I just kept on wanting to play it. Like to the point of, I hate that I'm trying to do things consistently on Twitch because I'll just sit down and play this shit on my Steam Deck happily. But we've already kind of committed right. to playing it for everybody. And I feel bad not playing it for the viewers so but it's it's hard man it's an itch i'm trying not to scratch while i'm just sitting in bed going looking yeah. at the title screen of sea of stars going nope nope we'll play binding of isaac tonight i can't get into that so <clears throat> like yeah. I, I gotta say like there's this is a game that i felt like i said before offline as we start this episode i felt guilty <laughs> not liking this game because I fucking love The Messenger. It's one of my favorite games of all time. I love that game. And I know it's not a platforming game. I know Sea of Stars, they're doing something different, which I totally respect. For a company, a brand new indie developer who makes a smash hit, instead of making recycling it and doing another one, they do a completely 180 and do something completely different. Absolutely respect that. But just, it didn't grab me. And I can't say instantly. It's not instantly. It didn't grab me after several hours. And like I look at games I played this year, like Baldur's Gate three, where I was in fucking hour one, half hour one, I was in right. Or I look at um, even Cyberpunk. The update came out. I've beaten Cyberpunk, but I played that update and I was in. I was hooked instantly. I didn't have that feeling with this game at all. Like even Starfield, I played a little bit of Starfield this year. I gave that one I think eight or ten hours. Did not grab me whatsoever. So it just it's just something about the game is not hooking me and I, I wish it would have because i i, I want to like this game there's so much to like about this game the music the graphics the the, the company's other game like this is fantastic it just but it's just not doing it for me yeah like and sinister 
Hold on. Sinistar and chat is saying Chrono Trigger has a slow start. You, can, you sir, can fuck right off because it does not. Chrono Trigger is exciting uh, from the I first don't five understand. I love Chrono Trigger's opening. I mean, the fair, it just. The... <sighs> I don't know because he fun. says There's he doesn't like games. the fair. No, the fair is cool as hell. You and I are yeah. very few things you and I are on the same page on. It's okay. We will agree to disagree. It, it's it's getting comfortable with the world and and understanding it. But there's things that happen in the fair. We're going to go to Chrono Trigger Raid. Sinistar, finish the fucking game so we can do this yeah. goddamn episode Seriously. because I want to talk Chrono Trigger. <laughs> Jesus Christ! But. As soon as you do the time travel, you're in. You're in. Shit's going real, yeah. but but it's time travel. It's you're you're going through time and you're seeing what the world looked like way back when. I feel to me that time travel, you're still within the same area. It just looks different because of time, which I always thought is a cool concept in video games. This is not like that. You're you're traversing the world. You're exploring and you're going out there. And things are changing. Yeah, the islands are changing and stuff, but you're still within the same dimension. You're still within the same time. So I, I get... I was so into this game before it even was released that it already had my firstborn child. I was already set. Like, this game could do nothing wrong from the beginning. And as soon as I fired the game up and we started playing the demo, it, it just hooked me in even more. So right. I, I am not... I am so a, such a homer for this game and totally biased about how much I like and was expecting this game to be exactly what it's ended up to be. I'm not a good judge of character for uh, not understanding why not from the first go people aren't getting hooked, but like reviewing it and hearing Wolf talk about it from kind of a neutral standpoint and then hearing your dislike of it. There's a, there's a, there's a, a vision that I can see of like, yes, the two characters are not exactly thrilling. They're the hero types. They're blah, blah, blah. But you have Gar or Garl, and he's kind of the heart. He's your personality. He's your guy. Everybody likes Garl because he's he's right. the heart. He's the personality, while the other two are just the stoic solstice warrior heroes that have gone through this rigorous training yeah. for years, and they're just trying to do their jobs. They're just out there trying to do their jobs, and they don't have a lot of personality. But as we're progressing through the story, you're starting to see more of it come out because of what's happening. Just, yeah. It's like they're, people don't like Cloud. This game has two clouds. Nobody wants two. Nobody wants two clouds. Nobody wants. It's like having Squall and Cloud in the same game. That's what it feels like. the The third wheel is the more exciting character in this game, and I I wish I could unlock the other characters to see what they're like. But they already sound way more interesting than the two main protagonists. Like Chrono was fine because he didn't say anything. He's a silent protagonist. But I wouldn't want two of them in my party, especially when it's a three person party. That's rough. Well, I wish I there's will more. Say like. Valer and Zale are far more interesting than Cloud. Oh, fuck yeah. Uh, my <laughs> like, bag of eaten Taco Bell is more the, interesting than the, Cloud. Thank you very much. While they're here. not the most interesting heroes to ever grace a video game, they're also by no means the worst. No. They're very middle of the road uh, early on. But yeah, mo like as characters you see that they have a purpose that they truly believe in from mm. their childhood, from the very beginning. They have this purpose. They believe in it. That's kind of their character at the beginning. Right. As they go through the game and on their, this adventure with their best childhood friend, Garl, who is the heart of this game, their passions and emotions become released more and more as you progress because of Garl. They because have drive. Of the things they're they experience. Passionate. Because you... 
you have to remember how interesting is a person gonna be if from like eight to eighteen years old you've trained they deal with three other people just training day in and day out how interesting is that person gonna be it's not they give you that stupid montage in the beginning and it's just like oh okay i guess 15 years have passed now you try weaving a blanket for 18 years and you tell me how interesting you become sir they could have cut out a lot of that 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 montage was ass yeah like like the, the, the the beginning takes is is it feels very slow but it really shows you it, it it goes hard on explaining the Solstice Warriors and their role in this world. Right, right. And for better or worse, that's how they handled the beginning. And, you know, it's, it's unfortunate because, you know, on the one hand, I'm like, Jake, you got to play this game. It's fucking amazing. Once you get to that third island, it's great. It really opens hand, up after 247 myself, hours. Yeah. On the other <laughs> hand, I myself have a hard rule. If I'm not invested in the game at all after two hours, I'm out. Right. Like, that's yeah. my cutoff. Right. But the thing is, while the story felt slow and not super interesting at the get-go, Garl was great. I was invested in Garl right like off the it. bat. Poor kid loses his eye going on an adventure with his super-powered friends, and you're like, fuck, this is awful. And he's still like, I love you guys. You're my best friends. This wasn't yeah. your fault. It was mine. Like, right. he's... He's, he throws himself in front of so much danger, and he is oh, just—he is just a standard just a, human. He's nothing yeah. special about him except for he is a special person, just because of who he is. And he throws himself in front of these things to stop them from hurting his friends, who could easily resist and take on whatever the fuck he's throwing himself in front of. That's like—that's where you're like, this fucking guy is. He's too good. He's too good. They yeah. don't, he doesn't deserve him. He's like a dog. We don't deserve dogs. They're too good. <laughs> we don't deserve Garl. He's too good. Oh, Garl a dog? I like well, He's a good dog. No, he's I one of the characters I actually no, like in the game. Thing. Just saying. No. Yeah, well, okay. We don't his, deserve dogs. His, his love and his loyalty for those he cares about is just off the charts. And again, I know this sounds super cheesy, but that's what makes him such a likable character. And that really is the driving force for most of this story. There's very few moments in the game where he stands up and says something in a dire situation where you're like, shut up. I don't (laughs) care. I don't care what you have to say. No, you're like, you know what? Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. We can. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Then you, then you get inspired and you're like, yeah, I'm going to keep playing. And it's it's funny because characters like Garl in all in all purposes, positive, upbeat, supportive, I fucking hate as side characters. Yeah. I can't stand them. And for some reason, I don't want to see this guy pushed off a cliff. And I actually get upset when things happen to him. I get upset about it. So I'm oh, like, yeah, no, that... this guy's a good dude. So you one know, of my just one first of texts. One of my first texts to my buddy after I started playing this was like, I fucking love Garl and I'm going to be pissed if something happens to him. Right. Like that was one of the first things I said. I was like an hour and a half into the game. That's Mm -hmm. where I was already. And it's It's just too good. It's such a good game. Got a question then. So the big bad in this game is called the Fleshmancer. That name just wasn't doing it for me. 
You know what? When I hear Fleshmancer, I'm thinking of the Messenger, the Necromancer. That's who I'm thinking of. That short little comic relief guy that, who I can't remember his name is in the Messenger. But that's who I get. I picture when I hear oh, the Fleshmancer. I know who you're talking about. No, yeah. nothing no. like him. No, um, he's actually so, yeah, kind of scary I, I when you say, actually meet him. <clears throat> the Fleshmancer. Yeah. It's it's a weird name. The character has a real name that some of the characters later in the game refer to him as. Mm-hmm. It's not really a spoiler. I think if I use his real name, it's a foral. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He has. It's, it's not a spoiler. No. He's, there's, I mean, there's... you're told about the Fleshmancer from the outset. Right. So, they have like, real names. I... Like, they're nicknames yeah. of these people. They have real names. So you'll learn them and then you'll learn where they connect yeah, and everything so I, and you're like oh. i kind of stopped referring to him as the fleshmancer after a point when i would talk to my buddy about the game but but i waited until he got to that point because right. he was really hardcore about not wanting spoilers he backed the game when kickstarter was doing the thing and he'd like he's really really hardcore about wanting to avoid spoilers which i totally respect and so with this specifically i was really trying to watch my step as to what i was saying but he's called the Fleshmancer. Not like that's not his name. That's just what they call him because he makes grotesque beasts. Yeah. He uses flesh as his medium. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's why he's called the Fleshmancer. It's like, you know, the yeah. necromancers, their their medium is the dead. Right. This guy's medium is flesh. So and when he you make things out of flesh, be they you know, monsters, dwellers, whatever have you, right. to like, honestly, you know, his fucking hideout. Right. Like, he made it out of flesh. When you see the stuff that he's created, the creatures he's created, and, and his, and you start getting closer to, like I said, I just kind of got to where he's at finally, and you start seeing all that stuff, then you're like, ah, oh, okay. It makes sense. Like, it's a, it's a cheesy name. It's like, I don't know, it's calling like, Bobby Big Nose, the fucking gangster in New York, because he's got a big fucking nose. It's a dumb goddamn name, but he's a scary motherfucker because he's Bobby Big Nose. Don't fuck with Bobby Big Nose. He's a big fucking scary dude. <laughs> so you know what I mean? So it's like the Fleshmancer. You're like, that's a fucking name, but you see him and you're like, yeah, okay, yeah, I can see why. Bobby's got a big fucking nose. That's why they call him Bobby Big Nose. But he's still it's scary. It's like Doctor Doom, right? Yeah, Doctor right. Doom is a dumb name, but he's a scary character. He's a scary dude. <laughs> Dr. Doom sure. carries more weight okay. than Fleshmancer, though, honestly. Uh, it does yeah. sound like a Sinistar well, yeah. nick- high school yeah. nickname. Oh. <clears throat> but by oh. the end of the game, you do get to see why the Fleshmancer is as terrifying as he is. Um, honestly, this game only had two nitpicks for me. I'll come back to that. But yeah, you get to see that. You get to see the scale of what he's capable of and that's not just like as a villain but where his morals lie and where that started to waver Mm -hmm. so you know it you you come to learn at a point that he was once mortal Mm -hmm. and you know, as as they sort of cross that bridge and explore the characters deeper, like you get some actual serious exploration of the big bad in this game. And I kind of appreciate that. It's not just like Sephiroth angry because tantrum, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not mommy's boy, not you real. Get to death. See stab that 
you know, he, there are aspects of him that are not completely bad. And there are aspects of him that are absolutely fucking awful. Right. And the game explores that. Mm-hmm. And it's really neat. So I, there's I appreciate one word. a lot about this. There's one word. One word that we can use to get Jake to buy in. One simple press B to cancel trope that we can use. And it's lore, Jake. It is lore. There is so much lore in this game. And it's good lore. And it's not on the weapons. It's in your face. They're telling you about it. And you're watching the story unfold as you're a part of it. And realizing, oh, fuck. What the fuck have we gotten ourselves into? What have we been training all these years to do? Shit. This this is this might be out of our league. I don't know, but we're going to do it anyways because we can, and we have Garl and we love him. So you know what though about that? So lore, I do love lore in games and that's one of the reasons why I want, I, when I was playing Starfield, it bored the crap out of me, but I was interested in what they might be going story wise. So it was a game where I played enough where I'm like, I have no interest in playing this game. I'll check it out in a couple of years with mods and DLC but I have to know what the end game was. And I read spoilers in the story and it was interesting. And I, I'm, I'm glad I didn't play through it to get there because I would have been pissed off. But I, I enjoyed reading the story of Starfield. I feel like Sea of Stars might be the same to me because of how much I love the messenger, but I wish the messenger had more lore and story to it. There's some there. I wish there was more because it, it in the beginning, it's a game that doesn't take itself seriously. It's more humor. But by the end of the game, you're like, oh, fuck, it goes places. And I feel like Sea of Stars is, is going to do the same thing. And I want to know that. I just don't want to spend 40 fucking hours to get there in the same combat system again and but again. But it's such an enjoyable I, ride for the 45 hours to drive there. Listen, if I had to be in a car for 45 hours or a plane and all I had was Sea of Stars to get me there, I would I would drive it there and back, baby. Yeah. I'd take the round trip <laughs> on this thing. It is so good. It is so good. It, it might be a game, honestly. Now, like I, now that I've seen, because I just started getting the relics when I stopped playing, and knowing how much they can make the game easier, and knowing that there's no penalty to use them, it's like a tunic situation. I love tunic, but that stamina bar really turned me the hell off. But then I realized you just turn it off. It's probably gonna be the same thing for me <laughs> in Sea of Stars, where I'm just like, you know I mean, what? Maybe I want to heal after every battle just so I yeah. just have fun in the battle puzzles of it. it. I don't want the world dying every There's nothing time. wrong if with that, it. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely do that. If that's what it takes for you to enjoy the game. So I'm I Sinistar has mentioned this, and I'm a firm believer in the same thing. There's no way to play a game wrong. Exactly. It's as long as you're enjoying it. So yeah. and and especially when the game does not penalize you for using the accessibility right. options. If absolutely. it's offered, if the accessibility the options option. make it a pleasurable experience when it otherwise might not be do it. Yeah. (laughs) Imagine playing tunic, which we all agreed, which a little bingo here, a little bingo. I got, got the tunic tunic right back here. Had to throw that in there. Um, if, if you, yeah, I mean, if the game is offered and imagine not playing tunic, which we all gush about, because the stupid stamina bar, only because the stupid stamina bar. Can you imagine what you're missing out on knowing what you know now about tunic? Because the stamina bar would have been your roadblock through that. Use the shit that use the shit out of anything that gets you through that game happily and comfortably. The game offers it. You're not penalized for it. 
play it to your content however the fuck you feel you you deem necessary. That goes for everybody out there in video game land. If you yeah. want to play a goddamn game and somebody's giving you shit because you're not playing it on fucking hard mode, tell them to shut up their ass because you're there for the story, yeah, not yeah. for the difficulty. There, yeah, okay, there's, like, there's my that's rant. that's one of the relics that that's the relic that Jake we're telling Jake to just turn on to make the game enjoyable is it's called the what the storytelling relic or something yeah. like that, right? Yeah, right. It's, yeah. It makes it all of it makes the game more about the story. Right. And yeah, that might make some of the battles feel a little trivial, but honestly, the exploration of the world and the story that unfolds as you go, there's not a whole lot of points that are really content dry. Mm-hmm. And Mesa Island probably has the longest treks of not a whole lot happening. Right. And I think part of that, you know, I, my theory behind that is because they're letting the messenger fans sort of take it in as it is instead mm-hmm. of tainting that experience with more story. So That's they fair. gave you Autumn Hills. They're like, here you go, messenger fans. You get Autumn Hills. Have at it. Right. And I loved it. Like even so much as like they even put the shopkeeper that's in that area in the same spot where you first meet the shopkeeper in the messenger. Like right. that's how down to the nose they were with this. It's cool. And, and I yeah, mean, I cut some chunks out cause it would have been too repetitive, but you right. know, the, all the iconic places are there. Then you get to Songshroom marsh. Okay. It's still a long section before you get to some more story, but I think, I feel like it's sort of petering off from, you know, this is, you know, now the messenger fans have had their moment. Now we're getting back to the sea of stars and then they right. give you, you know, the woman in the marsh and then you move on to the next area and so forth. And it's, it, it's heavily back into story really quick again. There's yeah. a lot of dungeons in this game where, you know, you go through a chunk of dungeon and then it's like, here's a, here's a little bit of dialogue. Here's a, you know, here's a change up to our plan. You know, right. then you go through a little more and you're like, Oh fuck, we can't do that. We got to do something different. Right. So then you go through a little more, you know, it's, it's, Sometimes it's just a couple of boxes. Sometimes it's like a whole cutscene you would not have expected. Right. But they try not to keep it content dry as you go. Right. And they have animated movies that show up. I don't know if you've seen any of those yet, but they have actual animated movies that when they're introducing other characters or when they're showing you something cool, and it's like a little fucking cartoon that shows on there. And it's (laughs) awesome. They're freaking amazing. So, I mean, if if, if there's a way we can lead you... To, to, to trying to get back onto that tunic horse and try Sea of Stars a little bit more because you're talking about how much you love the messenger and how much you wish there was more lore. Think of Sea of Stars as the bedrock for that lore that will eventually combine the two together. And then you can, you'll have yeah. your stories yeah. of what you want. Especially <clears throat> once the DLC comes out. I have my exactly. theories as to what the DLC right. will be about because of what I saw from the game, what was left not necessarily open-ended, but not closed off knowing that it's going to connect higher, you know, more heavily to the messenger Mm -hmm. that. So I've got my theories as to what the DLC will be about. I'm excited to see how that comes into play. I'm, I'm excited to see where that goes because I've got like five little push pins on the wall. Like this will happen. This will happen. This will happen. This will happen. It looks like winding up with a red string. Yeah. He's got the stretch. He's got the cigarette in his hand. (laughs) (laughs) Well, but yeah, this is I I absolutely love this game. Um, this is a game I'm thinking of going back and playing with the kiddo because he saw parts of it and he was like, this looks really cool. Yeah, but I didn't want to start over. I was 40 hours deep. I was like, it is really cool. If you'd like to play it after I beat it, we could play through it again together. And he was like, yeah, let's do that. Yeah. 
much. Do you know yeah. what New Game Plus does? Is it like the messenger where there's like a hard mechanic to it, like makes it more difficult? I don't. Uh, let yeah. me see what it does. Actually, I can return to title right now and check that. Even because oh, I'm curious. <laughs> I feel like even in this day and age, when we talk New Game Plus, like let, I'm going to throw Elden Ring out there because Elden Ring has a New Game Plus series. I walked in and started wrecking house. So I don't know if it's because I was overprepared from the last playthrough that we had, but it didn't feel like there was anything other than you're just going to keep going with the same shit you had. And to me, it was more like, this is all revenge for the fucking bullshit I had to go through to get through the first time. So now I'm going to murder everything early on in the level. (laughs) I'm curious because like Chrono Trigger had New Game Plus and... For Chrono Trigger, that I mean, they they did it in a way like Near Automata reminds me of Chrono Trigger and how you're replaying it, mm-hmm. but from a different angle, and you're yep. you're getting an ending, a different ending at different points of the game to see what happens. Right. So I'm wondering if it's like that by chance. I gotta I gotta play Near Automata. Um, well, it doesn't tell me right off the bat in the game. Uh, okay. So certain things carry over, pretty much everything, recipes, key items, uh, well, most key items, food, fish ingredients, previously caught fish, weapons, armor, accessories, blah, blah, blah. You also retain your party members' levels and money. Uh, What doesn't carry over? uh, Okay, a a couple of items don't carry over, the music sheets, um... There's a way to get some bonus stats that I won't talk about, but that bo- those bonus stats don't carry over. Um, okay. No valuables. Uh, so like, you know, turquoise ore, things like that. Those apparently don't carry over. Um, and a certain item uh you don't get right off the bat if you didn't acquire it the first time, but you'll get it as soon as you meet the character who would give it to you in the second mm, playthrough. Okay. Mm. So okay. my only real nitpick about this game was there was a certain character. Uh, that character's timeline doesn't match up with another character's timeline in the game to me. I've, I've thought about it. It doesn't really make sense to me. So that's one of my nitpicks. My other, and I don't want to talk about it because that's big spoilers, even for Charred still. Um, My other one was there's a, there are four key items you can obtain through the game. Um, The game never explicitly or implicitly tells you where to use them. Mm. I have picked up some stuff that I have no idea what to do with. And the, the problem is like, I looked. I looked everywhere. I was like, okay, does do any NPCs tell you anything? No. No NPCs tell no NPCs tell you anything about this. Apparently, uh when reviewers were playing through this, they couldn't find anything. They had to reach out to Sabotage, and Sabotage sent them an a cryptic email in response as to how those items work. Okay. Knowing what those items do. I understand why there's nothing in game that tells you and why it took an email from sabotage (laughs) to sort of clue in people. And uh, by clue, I'm being generous. They were very vague about it. 
but uh, ultimately the internet has figured out where to use it. So I ended up looking it up and the reward was pretty interesting because I love both games and not just the messenger, not just sea of stars. So there was stuff there that sort of like it. I don't, I don't want to say it had implications from the messenger, but there were some nice callbacks and some interesting stuff going on there. And it was, it was a nice reward. Let's say that. Hmm. I think it's funny because we're thinking about it, right? Jake, you love the messenger. You say it's one of your all time favorite games. Sea of Stars for me is is up there, right? I know it's still new, it's still fresh, but I haven't touched a lot of the Messenger. You haven't touched a lot of Sea of Stars. Wolf is the embodiment of both of those things, so <laughs> so he's like guiding you yes. and I to he's he's like we're trying to get you to play Sea of Stars. You guys are trying to get me to finish the Messenger, and now I want to finish the Messenger because now I want to see yeah. where that story is all coming together. I think this is this is much. Different Wolf is episode. our Captain Planet. These games tick my storytelling boxes. Like, I love stories about time travel. When I was a kid, Back to the Future. Ah, yeah. oh, I yeah, love yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then, yeah, yeah. you know, a little older, Sliders came out. Parallel oh, Realities. I love oh, Sliders. I love, sliders. love Sliders. So, he, like, the Messenger, Sea of Stars, they're just like, yes, thank you. Give me yeah. more of this. And, <laughs> I feed upon your lore. Yes. So these are the kinds of things I absolutely love. So I'm I'm all in. Yeah. I look forward to what their next game will be. And honestly, I kind of have theories about where they'll go with that, too. So That's I, awesome. I kind of want to do it. Sports simulation time. Be. That's the only logical <laughs> direction. <laughs> They've done platformers, they've done JRPGs. Now it's time for sports. Sabotage pulls out <laughs> Quidditch fucking game that mixes with Sea of Stars and the Honestly, fucking messenger. If- but they do such a great goddamn job that it all makes sense. And I'm playing fucking Quidditch for Hogwarts. But for some reason, I know about Luna and I know about the messenger and, the, and we're playing Quidditch in the fucking mushroom gloom forest. What in the hell is no, going no. on? It's not going to be Quidditch. It's going to be Wheels. <laughs> That's not going to be their next major release. Oh man, I'd play the shit out of Wheels. Wheels game before their next. Major I love release. that game. Put that on my phone. I like Wheels. It's let's fun. play Wheels on my phone. Let's fucking do it. I'd I'd be down. I'd Wheels is something like if they sell it for five ten bucks, I'd put that on my phone. No and fucking just play it for yeah, time. Yeah. It's fun. Hell yeah. Wheels is cool. <laughs> so moral of the story, Jake. Uh, play Sea of Stars. That's, and I'll play the message. Yeah, I'll put it in the queue. I mean, I got Ball's Gate to three to play and finish up, and then fucking Cyberpunk. <laughs> There's a, the 2023 <laughs> has been a ridiculous year for games. Ridiculous in a great way Fall for gamers. Quarter of 2023 has been absolutely asinine with all the good games that have been coming out the last. Well, maybe not good games, but the amount of games in general that have been released. My backlog is stupid, stupid, yeah. and that's why we started the backlog. Oh play. yeah. Segway. <laughs> Mine too. I bought Final Fantasy 12 for the Switch in the end of July because I was like, oh yeah, I want to finally play that. I'm yeah. never going to play it on the PS2. So I bought it for the Switch while I was working on Tears of the Kingdom. Yep. And then I finished Tears of the Kingdom like two days before Sea of Stars came out. So I was like, well, that's not enough time to get it at 12. Yeah. So then Sea of Stars, and then now that Sea of Stars is done, I'm like, okay. 
I should probably play Baldur's Gate three. So I've been playing a little <laughs> bit of that here and there. Well, we I know have not Wolf's, started twelve yeah. yet. Twelve. I know 12 is what still uh, Wolf's Sisyphean game for next year sounds like. It's gonna probably. be probably. <laughs> it, it very well may be. Final. That's gonna be 12. me and fucking Cyberpunk next year. Jesus God. Six this year. Next year it doubles. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Is that how that works? Perfect. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Guys, is there anything else that we want to cover? We're sitting at uh, about an hour and a half here, so I think it might Just be Just or we got some business to clean up. Yeah, we got yeah, some exactly. top yeah, 100s to segue into our, our, our business that needs to be addressed so everybody knows that have been following along with the program that uh, we're doing a top 100 list, and we're getting towards the end of the year here, guys. We're, we're, we're looking down the barrel of October here real goddamn quick. Um. Let's go ahead and pull out our top 100 for today. I'm sure we are all perfectly and well prepared to announce today's top 100 games that we want to put on the list there. Yeah? I don't like the sound of your tone, sir. I've got I, my I, game. You guys both have games weeks. picked? I have mine. I I've had mine for two weeks. Thank you very much. All right. I'll go last since I have two options. I don't want to. I want to make sure I don't step on anybody's toes. I'll so go first. Fuck it. Because I don't need anybody to make me quit the podcast today, as was discussed earlier today. Guys, I'm going way back, way back in time to Sinistar's era where things were played on a little little black screen box and you had to use your keyboards to move things around and it made beeping, booping, and brrring sounds. It's not Pong. It's not Pong. Although, Pong <laughs> should be on there. Not a bad pick. Not a bad pick. No, I am going to go with the classic Ghostbusters game. For Jesus Christ, for like the Omega, it's it for fucking everything. You gotta pick one because because some ports of that I? game suck. Okay, yeah. Which is the best version? What's one that you played as a kid? That, like I'm like trying so to much? remember what 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 PC it was on. Uh, it's not Apple, but I was think it Commodore? It, it could have been Commodore. It could have easily been Commodore. We'll go with that one. That's fine. Whichever one is C64 the one where you have the overhoot. It could have been C64 too. It was at my father's yeah, work, and I played it on his work converter. So, yeah, we'll go with Commodore 64. Um, it's the overhead view of, you know, you, you start out with the beetle, and you're trying to grab all the equipment to put on the car, and the ghosts are going down the street, and you got to try and tackle them, and you're getting called into houses, and it's the side to side trying to shoot the ghosts like from almost like a first person view. It is classic. It is old, but I love that game growing up. It is such a it. That's a that's a hidden gem. I might have to go on the limb and say that that game might be a hidden gem because it is one of my favorite classic classic games. You guys can veto it off. I don't give a shit. But Ghostbusters for the C sixty four is going to be my pick for the top one hundred this time. We do a hidden gem episode again. You should bring that one up because there's some interesting, cool stuff with how they do passwords in some ports of that game that are really interesting. Yeah. The only thing of that game I don't like is the stupid stair climbing at the end. And depending oh, on the man. version you play, some of them are just awful for that. The state puff. I uh, never got past the state puff marshmallow man part because we didn't know you had to like sneak your ass in there, like when he moved out yeah. of the way or whatever. And we just sat there and shot him and couldn't couldn't do anything. We had no idea what that <laughs> yeah. we were doing. Bro, we were like six and seven. We had no fucking idea what we were doing back then. Um, <laughs> and call but, Nintendo Power? Yeah, no. No, I couldn't oh, call man. Nintendo Power. I didn't have the power. But uh, yeah, I'm going to go with the Commodore 64 uh, Ghostbusters is going on my top. Good one. List. Yeah. All right. All right. How about me. You, As I, you know, I prepared thoroughly for today's episode and I thought really long and hard about this one. 
I scrolled through many of our entries on our spreadsheet. We're actually at like 72, I think, now for the top 100. So we're almost, we've almost got a complete list. So we have to really get to the good, the good meat of the list. And we've spoken about this game in the past several times before, and it should be here. And that is Soul Calibur on the Dreamcast. Mm-hmm. And I'll give you my reasons why. First off, the Dreamcast is a very underrated system and unfortunately did not last as nearly as long as it should have. For the hardware in that machine, it was really amazing. Soul Calibur is a great example of a game that was better at home than in the arcades, which was unheard of in that time period. It's just unbelievable that the arcade version of Soul Calibur had 2D backgrounds uh, or and, and the Dreamcast version had 3D backgrounds, plus much better looking textures and models. Like The game on the Dreamcast is a showpiece. I remember showing friends this game, and this is this was like a system seller to my friends. Like, fuck Shamu and Sonic Avenger. This game looked amazing, and it played really well. I'm not even a huge Soul Calibur fan, but that Dreamcast version plays so fluid, so fast. It's so easy to pick up. There's a character for anybody. They're easy to learn. Really awesome. But also the modes. So I used to play team battle mode, where... You and a friend go head to head, but you each pick like, I think it's like eight characters mm-hmm. and it just matches them up as you're playing through. It's just bonkers fun. It's like, it doesn't matter who wins because just the matches are so fast and you're each picking eight different characters. It's really cool. Venture mode, there's unlockable stuff. Like when we talk about fighting games today, a lot of them don't have the same amount of unlockable stuff or secrets or hidden stuff that Soul Calibur had a decade before. So for me, Soul Calibur on the Dreamcast is definitely a top 100 pick uh, as far as I'm concerned. I love Soul Calibur as a fighting series. I think that's a great series yeah. to, that that I don't think it's a lot of love as it should. I love how they introduced, like I, ha- I bought the GameCube version. I think it was Soul Calibur 3 that had yeah, it. And they had like so. Link in there that you can play as. Two. And, yes. Yeah, it's two. Uh, all the different like special characters that would show up later on in the series was cool. And I always, I like picking the demon looking characters all the time. So anyone with like a cool weapon, I, I was always bought for it. And I was like, now I've got like a smorgasbord of people with cool weapons to select and try out. Asteroid. Um, yeah, yeah. I yeah. I always thought... Nightmare. Uh, with the Nightmare eye sword. Cool with the eye on the sword. I fucking love that guy. I uh, I think Soul Calibur is a great series. And, and I, I completely agree with the Dreamcast pick on that one. So good, good yeah, choice. Yeah, I, I love Soul Calibur. I was like, as soon as I got a Dreamcast, that was one of the first games I got for it. So yeah, I... On board with that pick. That's a good pick. All right. We'll All right. So I'm round glad out the bottom, baby. Guys, I'm glad you guys didn't pick mine because apparently my other one was October 2005. I didn't realize it was that new. Wow. Uh, so the one that got crossed off the list is Shadow of the Colossus. I figured oh, it was PS2. I thought I it was earlier than that, game. but it was not. Oh, man. So that no can me. I that got one the same does not time. qualify. Two really? great artistic. Yeah, it's after, it's it's October after the 2005. Thing? It doesn't oh, October of 2005. Oh, oh, that's that's oh. a good game. Oh, God, that's... I love that game. It game's janky as fuck. So, God, do I love instead, it. Instead, we hmm. gotta go with Secret of Mana. Jake won a great, but I completely agree. I'm I'm 100 percent on board. I thought Secret of Mana was really cool action RPG at the time. Hell yeah. I know yeah, it's, it's it. got its it's got its issues. Mm-hmm. I agree. But it did a lot of really cool stuff. First off, it was an action RPG that was not just two players, but three players if you had a multi-tap. Mm-hmm. Which, is, um, which is cool. Game was massive. Made excellent use of the Super Nintendo's Mode 7. Storytelling mm-hmm. was on par with the Final Fantasy franchise at the time. Like It was up there. It was good. Um, it had 
compelling characters and storylines going on. Like your main character, you find out that his connection to the overall story is so much deeper than you ever would have thought at the beginning when he just gets yelled at by the village elder and kicked out of his village. <laughs> kicked right? out of his own town. Who was what his adopted fuck. father. Yeah. You know? <laughs> what a fuck. So Exile. <laughs> that and, you know, you by the end of the game, you learn that, you know, this is a huge... It, it, this world is more dystopian than you realize it is because it doesn't mm-hmm. look like yeah. your traditional dystopian world. Right. But as you come across what actually happened in the past, you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. Things hit, hit things hit the fan in a bad way here. This place is too green to be dystopian and depressing. And, yeah, and then the music, <laughs> all the music in this game is absolutely gorgeous. It's it's one of the best soundtracks on the Super Nintendo in my eyes. I I'm pretty sure I have it on CD. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah. So Secret of Man is a great action RPG. Um I finally just recently about maybe last year year before um Finally got to knock that guy out of the ballpark. I actually badged it on on Retro Achievements. It is, from top to bottom, a really, really strong entry to the action RPG title. I mean, it kind of put it put the Mana series on the map, even though you know Final Fantasy Adventure was over there in the Game Boy doing the same thing, being badass. I love Final Fantasy Adventures. It's a great action RPG. Yeah. Um, and then just completely taking the Mana series into a whole nother level. So I I sit with you on that and agree. I will yeah, say the, the bosses in Mana are definitely unique and really awesome set yeah. pieces. Like they they did boss fights really well, and it goes well mm-hmm. with the three character setup and the various spells and whatnot. So the I do I do thing, like a lot of that game. The only downside to boss fights in that game is it's that same song. But it's good. I like that boss. It's iconic. It's four bars, like all that music you love in Mario RPGs. That's why I like it. That's why it's his favorite part. <laughs> I only need but, four uh, bars in my country. Honestly, but the, that's a game oh, that man. I played through front to back probably three or four times on the SNES. Never mm. could beat the final boss. Couldn't figure it out. I don't know why. Oh, well. Gotta get that so I finally beat it on the PS4. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the remake. So, that's right. The remaster yeah, came out. So I played through the remaster too. Well, the remake, because it's not just right. a remaster. But yeah, that's how I ended up beating it. But yeah, I, I oh, love man. Secret of Mana. I think that game. That game tickles my boss. That's the boss sprite that takes up the whole goddamn screen. Fancy, like to the <laughs> to the nth degree with that fucking ooze monster that you fight later on. I I love all the boss sprites in that game. That game is awesome. So yeah, one up. <clears throat> Hell yeah, awesome. All right, guys. Well, we'll go ahead and do the last minute since we are house cleaning is finished. We'll go ahead and sign off and, and let you guys know where we can find each and every one of us. There's been some improvements uh, added to the Press B to Cancel channel, if you guys haven't noticed already. Uh, Jake, though, has he has been in the middle of moving into his beautiful new house. Um, he also has been getting his best efforts to put out some great content. Uh, controller, um, what, what would you call that? A controller review uh, or whatever you're working review, on? Review, I guess. Yeah, yeah the, thing's uh, kicking ass. Neo Geo controller. Yeah, it's surprisingly doing well for us. <laughs> I did not expect that one, so I'll be doing more of those. Jake's killing but yeah, I, I also want to call it what you guys have been doing. You guys have been doing a lot more than I have lately, and it's been it's been great to see. So <laughs> you've been moving, man. You've been fucking moving yeah. into a house. Don't feel bad. Uh, don't feel bad. You've been no. doing something. You just got a home. <laughs> you've been displaying. I got a phone. I can be recording our Atari playthroughs <laughs> right now. Phones, yeah, don't you? Fuck. 
Yeah. What's wrong with you? Slacker. All the phones. Jesus. Not enough outlets. <laughs> Run out of battery. That's right. He's got whole one whole new outlet in his house. So he's now up to two. <laughs> Killing it. He's living the luxury life Lap in Canada. Luxury in Canada, I'm telling you. <laughs> oh. Uh, yeah, Jake's been doing that. Wolf has been doing Wednesdays. He's been doing the wild card Wednesdays where he's been playing random retro games. Um, what did you play last week? That was that was Blaster cool. Master remember. Blasting again. A lot of people did not know there was a PlayStation Blaster Master, apparently. Yeah. It looked good, too. And, yeah, it's good. actually, I, I, I kind of want to keep playing it. I don't know if I should just keep playing it for wild card or just maybe record it. And that's the wild card. We don't know. Channel or what? You don't know like, what I you're going to do. do. Like, I like that about wild card <laughs> Wednesdays. It's just something different. Whatever the hell I feel like every week. So Fantastic. there's like, you know, no strings attached. Just dive in, try it out, see how it is. Move on to something else. That's kind of what I like about that. But I don't know. Yeah, I think I might just start putting some of them on my own channel or something. Or maybe do the what Sinistar has been, what you and Sinistar have been doing with just like serialized playthrough. I don't know. Yeah. Speaking of Sinistar, he has been working on a series called my Sinistar's telltale heart where he has been going through. Well, he's only been doing one right now, but he's been doing the back to the future telltale game where you can sit and watch him do that stuff. But when he's done with that, he's going to move on to another uh, telltale game in some sort of series. I don't know which one he's going to pick next, but that's part of the surprise, right? And then my dumbass has been doing something called the Backlog Blitz, where I've been playing through some games that have been sitting in my backlog forever in the concept of it. They're little short snippets of us playing with some, you know, whatever's about it and whether we're going to continue to play it or not. So it's either keep it or throw it away. Um, Last one I did, obviously, was Armor Core 6 because I've been playing a bunch of that. Um, And I'm working on a Final Fantasy 16 one right now because I've been trying to get through that game and not because it's not good, but just because I haven't had the goddamn time to do it. So that'll probably be the next one that I post here in the near future. Nice little tidbits, something to keep, something to wet your guys' palates. And we've also been doing, you guys did the Unity episode not too long ago, which was fantastic. Uh, Wolf Wolf went and did the the Mario Bro- Mario Wonder video and stuff. We've really tried to up our content on the channel than every other Friday. So, if you're new to the channel, this is your first time listening to us. We are going to be seen a lot more on here than we have been in the past. So hit that like and subscribe. Follow each one of us individually if you like us. Chard Monk, Sick Jake, Werewolf. Sinistar 77 and of course GP guy prime of the retro therapy who will hopefully be returning soon he's doing a lot a lot of busy work but he is still here hanging out talking with us so he's not gone he's just busy so <laughs> give each one of us a follow on our respective channels twitch youtube wherever and we will see you guys here next week with some more ranting and raving and not telling Jake to play games that he should play because they're good we love you, Jake. That's why we're telling you to do it. I like games. I do. Uh, you could have yeah. fooled us. Guys, for Chardmont, for Presby to cancel, have a wonderful evening. We'll see you soon. Do the thing. Do the thing.
Thank you.